it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the World of Martial Arts Television Podcast. My name is Nathan, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mick and Kurt. Now, I don't think it's controversial to say that martial arts is as big as it is because of the movies. Um, So I want to dig into that today. But to get us started, what myths about fighting do you think have been spread by fight choreography? Uh, (laughs) Every myth. (laughs) Every myth about martial arts has been spread by that. Um, I I was just talking with some of my students that I just finished class with. We were kind of reminiscing about some of our favorite movies because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I had to own up to the fact I was like, I was that kid when I was like 15 where I was going, you guys most people don't realize, but there's like old guys in China on mountaintops that can levitate. Like this is a thing I read and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff, all the chi things, you know, pressure point stuff, all of that. Um, I, I really bought into all of it in the beginning and, um, was a little, a little disappointed to discover not all of it was there, but, um, I think we see some of these one touch knockouts and things, uh, still persist to this day. Some of these bad techniques, and it's got to be that we all first saw them then. And then people, I think, reverse engineer them and try to make them work. Mick, what about you? I know you've seen every movie I've seen. When you're younger, you know, you're, you're prepared to dispel like, you know, any sort of belief in reality because you want it to be real. You know, it, it's the whole thing. We've talked about it before in other episodes where, you know, that like anger's like a superpower. So it's that whole thing where it's, it's, as long as I realize you know, my full potential, I can beat this baddie. And then you realize, no, you can't do it. And then, yeah, obviously, if you haven't been in a real fight, there's certain stuff like in most movies, there's no blood. There's certainly no concussion. There's no real visceral violence to it because once they do that, the only guys that really start to try and bring that up, yeah, in my opinion anyway, was Jeff, you know, Jeff Amada when he first got into the Bourne series. And like he, he did it really, really well because what he did was, because he did everything on a green, like, like you know, Greengrass was the guy who was doing it. All those jump cuts. So you saw it, but only just enough. So it was like, because you know what it's like. It, real violence is, if it's long and drawn out and protracted, it means that at least one of them is really shit of violence because that's how it works. You know, it doesn't last very long. And the other one is because it's jump cut, it's almost like a comic book. And I know this will make me sound like a real geek. But the, the great thing about comic books is it's the gap in between the panels. It's that white piece. That's that white piece that where your brain fits, fits it all in. So that's how it worked. But back in the day, when you look at some of the choreography, you know, it's like I've been looking, I've been looking back at the movie that got me into martial arts, Karate Kid, right? And for years, I always used to come out with this. Like, I'd be jumping all my mates and we'd bullshitting each other about and stuff. And I used to always say, you've got to look at it this way. And I was a precursor to the whole thing of LaRusso being a rat because I used to always say this. I said, look, he's coming there 
You know, he's, he, you know, he's his kid. He's given it the big one. He's stolen the guy's girlfriend. The guy's already, Johnny's already said he's going to be an ex-reprobate, all of this. LaRusso comes in, giving it the big goomba bit because he's watched Once Upon a Time in America a few times. And he's coming over here, goes, yeah, this is how we do it. It was like a white, it was like a white two-pack biggie thing going on. You know, he comes over and goes, oh, well, you know, what we would do in Newark, you're like, well, you're not in Newark now, mate. It's a pretty Springsteen album away. And realise, man, we're in the home of the Beach Boys. But when you look at the fights, they were just woeful. You know, it's like the, the, what my, my favourite is that crescent kick that Johnny does. And he does that crescent kick. And you just see it doesn't hit. And, like, his, his sweeps were shit as well. The whole thing was pretty grim. And now you look at it and you're like, wow. Yeah, Nathan? I think, yeah, you mentioned the kick. And uh, kicking was one of the big things that martial arts movies made me believe was, like, that's your go-to move. You know, it was, you know, obviously in the Kung Fu movies, you had all the, you know, the Kung Fu guys, Huang Zheng Li, Casanova Wong, all those guys. Um, through, you know, Bruce kicked a lot in his films. And then you obviously got Scott Adkins now. But for me, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's what it was. It was those slow motion, repeated kicks. Um, and obviously this was VHS era. So, like, you didn't have your phone to go on or anything like that. So you just rewound and rewound and rewound the, the kick that ended the fight. But... For me, it was like, you know, I've said it before, like you were, when I was younger, you, the only fights you'd seen, because there was no MMA, because there was nothing like that, the only fights you saw were movie fights or the delusional ones you have in your head when you're standing in a queue somewhere, and you're like, well, if someone came in to rob this place, I would do this and do that, which I'm pretty sure we all do. I'm, I'm a hope we all did that. Um, and every one of these fights, especially the Van Damme ones, it was like a gang of punks surround him and he kicked them all in their head and he just spinning back kicks and stuff. And I used to watch that and I used to practice kicks and kicks and kicks and kicks and kicks because I thought that was that was your go-to move. Like, that was it. Like, a, you know, you, the last one, you do the jumping kick on that guy. Um, that Definitely, for me, that was one of the big myths. Like, the kicking was your first go-to move. Yeah, it's. I never really thought of it this way, but I think you're 100% right. Uh, especially, like... Uh, what I liked about Jean Claude Van Damme, who Bloodsport was like, like, other than Karate Kid, Bloodsport was my movie, and the way that he could um, like do the splits on like two pillars, right? That to me was the epitome of martial art. If you can do the splits where your feet are on like chairs or whatever, you know, and you're like doing some cool meditative posturing or whatever, that's the whole thing to me. I really was super into that. But the way he would kick and kind of keep his leg in the air and do the like pose every time, you know. Uh, man, I, I really thought that that was a big part of it. And it, it made me think of two things. One, I remember years ago, I was watching an interview. It's like 20 years ago, it may have even been Howard Stern, but I was in New York and they were interviewing the head of Hell's Angels, I think for the country, but it's like, he's like a New York, like, uh, kind of like a mob guy. I don't remember his name. He's a famous guy. And they, he had a bar fight with Jean-Claude Van Damme. So that's why they were talking about it. And I guess he really tuned up Jean-Claude Van Damme quite a bit. And they were like, well, you know, weren't you afraid? And he said, well, no, the first thing I saw him do was start to move tables and chairs out of the way. So I knew he was going to start kicking me. So I just rushed him before he could move any tables or chairs. And I was like, oh, well, there's a lesson. <laughs> you know, it was a pretty good thing. And then when I started training JKD, I was so surprised to discover that um, I shouldn't have been surprised, but to discover that everything we saw of him in the movies is not what JKD is. And that, you know, really his method of fighting was phenomenally different than what we saw in the films. And it makes me laugh to this day. I live in a city that is uh, populated by a lot of Bruce Lee fans, especially at a certain age. And um, every time guys come in and they're Bruce Lee guys, um, I have to tell them like, I, I, I can't kick that high. And that's, you're about to be disappointed. That's not what we're doing today. <laughs> it's funny, funny, just as you're saying this, like, cause you can almost, uh, me, me personally, I remember the first time I saw any sort of kicking, obviously it was Bruce. Yeah. So you're there and you're watching Bruce do this and you're like, you, you go, wow, he's amazing. And then you see Chuck Norris, right? who's like a legitimate world champion and ginger. And you're like, shit, man. This is a ginger dude in martial arts. He's tough to have stayed that long. You know what I mean? And he's got the hairy chest and everything. And then when they're at the Coliseum, they start kicking. And Chuck's like a really, really bad kicker. And you're like, he's a world champion. He kicks off my dad. My, that's what my dad used to do when he come drunk. And he go, why? And he do that crazy stuff. 
but it's it's, it's a, I think it's a, of that era because you know uh, I've 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 done this a few times. I think I might have sent you it as well, Naked. Every now and again, when I'm really bored, I'll I'll send message. I'll send I'll send you know like a, a, a picture message to friends and say I'm going to get you this for Christmas. And it's always an always the advert for the action jeans. Yeah, that you know you know that you can kick people in the head in right. And they oh, like and I've got mates of mine going. Yeah, that's like a bullshit advert, isn't it? And I went, dude, that was in the back of every single martial arts magazine, right next to how to attract women adverts. That was literally how it always worked. Oh, there was and a ca- was there was like, a catalogue, the, the Century Martial Arts catalogue, and that had like the Stars exactly. and Stripes gi, had a denim gi, had like the action jeans. Uh, it was always Chuck's Stars and Stripes gi is the American one. The denim gi is the Canadian. one. <laughs> The Canadian tuxedo, double denim, man. If you want to look like Brian Adams or you just want to look like a virgin, that's what you have to wear all the time, apparently. But, yeah, the kicking was the thing because, again, like in, it was really funny because uh, everybody that I rated in martial arts, you know, so uh, I'll give her, for instance, say, Jeff Thompson, right? He When he used to come out with this... Uh, everyone thought it was heresy. It, he was like, oh, high kicks. And he went, the only time we kick someone in the head is when they're on the floor. Never kick above the waist. And that was the whole thing of the JKD. You know, and then when you say, yeah, but Bruce Lee kicked in. And he went, yeah, but if he was just booting people's kneecaps out all the time, as effective as it is, cinematic, it doesn't look great at all. It's not a great thing. And I think that was, I personally believe that was the beginning of this... Uh, gaslighting is the best term I can use for the general public when it comes to martial arts. Because you know, then everything after that, it was like, oh, well, you can kick someone in the head. And it's like, well, normal people, all they do is kick a football or walk on their feet. What? So you can knock somebody out with your foot? And I, I remember Bob Sykes, who is a... Bob, Bob's a character in UK martial arts. If you don't know who he is, check him out. But Bob, I remember Bob coming out with a great line once in one of his editorials where he said, Back in the 80s, we used to knock people out on the street with head kicks. Do you know why? Because we believed we could. And it was so profound because he said, no, because we believed we could, so we did it. And like myself and Kurt, our main teacher, Rick Faye, said he didn't he didn't rate karate that much until he met Terry O'Neill. And Terry O'Neill did a sidekick to his head. And he went, I believe. Yeah, and it was, it, it was one of those, you know, it's that whole, that great line, um, where, you know, when you punch someone, yeah, it's that you punch with the power of God and the intent of the devil. That's what Mike Tyson used to always say. And I always say this in seminars. He was like, Mike Tyson said, punch with the power of God, but the intent of the devil. And I was like, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in the devil. But fucking hell, man, I believe in Mike Tyson. And it was, it was that whole thing because if you believe in it, it works. And yeah, it's like, I know it's gone a little bit off topic, right? But it is that whole thing where cinematically, we're, we're, We've been sold something, and it's like Kurt said. You walk in there, and the first thing he says, "I'm going to be really, you're going to be really disappointed." Yeah, you know, you know, when I get people come join me, I want to do some of that Bruce Lee stuff, and I went, "Yeah, we're going to wrestle a little bit, and I'll punch him in the head a bit." And they were like, uh, "I know, but can you do any of the other?" Co-? And I went, mm, "I can badly." Nathan, you, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was just yeah the the whole multiple opponents of disarming people and the things that Kurt said about like death search and all that stuff that all that for me my exposure to that is all from the movies and all the people I looked up to were I mean when we're just saying about Jean-Claude Van Damme thinking that was the guy well actually there was loads of westerners getting into movies there was Cynthia Rothrock and Richard Norton and all these guys and they were all kickers as well you know and it was always watching them do their stuff and watching them do their signature moves that, that made me want to copy them but Mick, you said like karate, you know, you got into karate from watching Karate Kid and Kurt, you mentioned like the Kung Fu scene and people getting into Bruce Lee. Do you remember any other martial arts coming through from the movies? Because I remember like the slight capoeira craze and the crab yes, oh. craze and things like that. Do you remember like the last one that came through? Definitely where and when I grew up, capoeira. I mean, I started capoeira when I was 16 because of Only the Strong. I was obsessed with that movie. I still am. Um, like I, I don't have one yet, but at some point I'll have a tattoo from that movie. I love that movie. Um, and I, I, there absolutely, there was like a, a big, um, push for that around here. Aikido. I started when I was 15 
And that was because of Steven Seagal. And I was told that the guy who ran my school, I think I said this to you guys before, the guy who ran my school did top secret CIA missions with Steven Seagal. And I was like, oh, I finally found the right place. Right. And that was like some of the like black belts would, would talk about that, like, you know, as to let the new guy know what time it is. Um, so that was a, a big thing here. When what's the guy's name that did um, Kempo uh, that had the movie with the sticks? Jeff Speakman oh, in uh, uh, Perfect Weapon. Thank you. Yeah, like somebody's screaming at the podcast right now. Go, Jeff Speakman, man, you know? Um, so that I thought was pretty cool. And I actually, for the longest time, thought he was doing Kali. Um, and then I feel like um, Best of the Best was a really big movie. So I think, I don't know if it was over there, but here it was a big deal. And I, I was just talking about how hilarious Eric Roberts is in that movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, one, that movie does not hold up. None of these movies do. But by modern standards, it's pretty bad. Um, but one of the funniest things in any martial art movie for my money is Eric Roberts trying to win every Oscar that year when there's this scene, the dramatic scene at the end of, is he going to kill this guy for killing his brother? And he's on the side screaming and crying, like, don't do it, man. It looks like it's the funniest thing I've, I've seen in any of these martial art movies. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of big crazes from, obviously, karate was the biggest one. And a lot of people attribute starting karate because they watch Bruce Lee movies. So even Kung Fu didn't really have its stay from that. I'm, I'm sorry, as I've said, I've said it several times before, and apologies if you're watching, you've heard me say this, but I started karate because of Mr. Miyagi, well, getting bullied and getting beaten up and stuff as well. But when I saw that Miyagi was the man, because Miyagi was the ultimate wingman, right? He, he, was, he got Daniel LaRusso. First of all, he lent him his car. But all right, he made him do a little bit of unpaid work around the house and stuff, like on the guise of doing some, some martial arts. But... That he ended up like Daniel LaRusso ended up with Elizabeth Shue. Come on, man! Like, really? Yeah, that's worth a bad Maya Gary any day of the week. You know what I mean? That's worth it. But it was, it was funny you were saying about like movies that don't hold up. I remember training with my dear, dear old sensei Andy Margaret, and you know, you know the uh, you know the sit up, stand up, sit down in uh, Best of the Best. You know, part of their training montage where you're there and, you know, normally back in the old karate days, you'd, you'd anchor the guy's legs to get him to do the sit-ups, yeah? And then what we did was you get the, grab the back of the calves. So they do the sit-up, then they'd stand up. So it'd be really bad plyometrics, but really awful for your knees as well. But Andy embraced this and would say, this is a great training method. And I went, this is from like the shittest movie I've ever seen in my life about martial arts. And you want us to do this? Oh, well, I think it's really good. And I, I was, I'd be in the corner doing press-ups because I was like, see you later. You, I'll leave you guys to the ducky walks and the arthritic knees, you know what I mean? Because it just doesn't feel right. But Nathan, as you were saying about, about uh, styles, right? For the longest time, after Michael Dudikoff, right? Because you guys remember, there was two movies that you had to watch in 1986, right? So first of all, was American Ninja with Dudikoff, who... I cannot believe I didn't now. think of the ninja craze. I'm so annoyed. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but you see, Dudikoff was the man, right? Because Dudikoff was, it was that moment where you go, I would do a trade off and get a guy who can actually act. And then basically, loads of shots in the back of somebody's head doing all the kicks. Or better still, leave and cleave him and put the hood over him. So it could have been anybody. You didn't know. So there was Dudikoff, and then there was obviously when Chuck Norris saved the world in Invasion USA which was, uh, you know what I mean? Just the, the cover of that movie scared the fuck out of me. Some ginger hipster in double denim, two guns like that, and you go, oh, my God. So the ninja thing was huge. But, uh, uh, boys, I'm so disappointed in you. There's only one martial art. There's the one true martial art. And, you know, I said contentious things last episode about, uh, you know, that you should ne never mess around with Koreans. But guess what? Listen to me on this, boys. Right? Sinanju, the Korean martial art from Remo, unarmed and dangerous, man. Every single martial art can trace its lineage back to that. Don't talk to me about India. Don't talk to me about Russia, mate. China. And Jin, the guy, was it Jin, the guy who was like the sensei character? Who he was on, he was on a stipend with the CIA. 
that was what I loved about this whole movie. It was like, so who do you work for? Well, I sort of work for the CIA. And it was like, that guy in the brown polyester suit, he's your fucking handler from the CIA. He's the guy you deal with. And then they go and get Remo, Remo in. And you look what he did, man. Like, this is how good, this is how much I know about it, by the way. There was a series of Remo Williams books about Sinanju, yeah? And you had the Scarlet Ribbon, which was one of the, that was the highest level. That was the biggest technique. And three on three on three. That was another one of the techniques that they had. And I swear to God, when I found out that Sinanju didn't work, right? Spoiler alert, kids, if you're under 10, it was like when I found out that Santa didn't exist. That's how fucking betrayed I was. Because I was like, it's coming. Sinanju isn't actually a thing. That was made up by someone. And then for a minute, I went, do you know what? How cool is that? There still is, in Hollywood, people with ideas. But yeah, Sinanju, if that was out tomorrow, I would be a black belt in it, man. I'd love it. Nathan? Do we think the age of the martial arts craze around the film is gone? Like, we've had the ninjas, we've had the kung fu, we've had the karate. Um, does the UFC kind of take away from that? Does the lack of certain things in these films... So what, what the big martial arts films? The Raid, John Wick, those kind of things. They don't have the training montage. The, you, know, you mentioned the training montage. The training montage and the final fight, they were the two things. That was it. Um, and it was the one man versus everybody. But they're kind of missing a little bit. And then you've got the MMA on the other side showing kind of what works in a in a limited rules competition, are we going to get a craze again? Or like, is that, is that era dead? I think it's dead. Like I miss the montage. Like I miss certain relatives, by the way, um, and more than other relatives, but um, it, that's a really good observation. I think it's done because I think it's just like everything. It's just evolved. I think now you get a movie like raid or you get John wick movies, Deadpool movies, these movies that have, you know, um, C-Lot and have Filipino martial art, that kind of stuff in them. And I know as somebody who teaches those kinds of arts where I use it as a convenience, if I'm trying to explain an art like uh, Ponotukan or C-Lot that's obscure to somebody, I can go, do you see the Born Identity movies? Yeah, well, that's what it is. And in fact, a lot of the choreography is related to our organization. Oh, okay. So that's helpful in that way but it didn't create a C-Lot craze or anything like that. I've only once really had a kid come in. It was only very recently saying he saw Raid and wanted to learn to do that kind of stuff. I think um, we all know because of the UFC, but more importantly, because of the internet, we all know that all those cute tricks and stuff aren't going to work, that they're just parlor tricks. Now, I do think the internet creates trends right the internet creates um um what's what's what i'm looking for uh viral videos that do start to spark people into thinking certain things are plausible because they saw it work in that video and they maybe didn't go further down the road and go okay well is that actually feasible or is it just that one guy in that one video that's making it work they go no i saw it work in a video and i think it's a thing you know so i think there's opportunity for the same fallacies to exist but i don't think they're going to come from the films that much anymore I think the fact that you have to say to people what a martial art is in a film, because before it was a plot point, the film was called Karate Kid or the TV show was called Kung Fu or the, you know, it was actually like the martial art was a main focus of it and discussing like there'd be a master and he would talk about his history and then he would train the person and they go through training methods and they would talk, you know, there was, the film was called Kitboxer, you know, like the films were called, even though it was Thai, but the films were called these things. Um, That's but yeah, the, the martial arts are there in films now. It's not even a plot point. It's not even in no, it. No, you're right. And it, you, I never thought of that. God, you're so good with movies. Yeah, they, you're, it's like the main character of the movie was the art. Right. And we saw the process. I wanted to be Daniel LaRusso because I saw him transform into the karate kid. And I was like, why not me? I'm just like that kid. That would work for me, too. All I need is a Mr. Miyagi. Right. And now all we get is the karate kid as already the karate kid. John Wick is already John Wick. Oh, my right? God. They, they don't have the mental. John yeah. Wick, these films, they don't have a mental. They don't have a, an instructor yeah, in these films, do they? No, exactly. It's just the guy already having those those physical skills. We don't see the process until we get John Wick 7, which is a prequel or something. And then we're and I would be all in for that, you know. But until that happens, you're right. That whole process is gone. I wonder what kind of Mick, I'm excited to, to get you and get your feedback on this. 
because I, I do wonder then what kind of ripple effect it has on the potential young-minded, very easy to sculpt martial artist, would-be martial artist that you go, no, John Wick just has those skills. No, he doesn't. It took a long time to learn that. Even for actual real-life Keanu Reeves to learn to do that took a long time, but we're not being shown the process anymore. I wonder if young people are more inclined to think that they can just do something. Is that the matrix? Well, is that said, the matrix effect? Is that like you just download it into your head? Speaking yeah, of Keanu Reeves, yeah. <laughs> you you, got, you guys are both hit on something here. the The problem is what you have to remember is as as you were saying about uh, with YouTube, for instance, and just the fact that social media is now a thing. You know, like I'm from a generation, and you guys remember. Uh, you know, where if you wanted to watch something you said before, Kurt, you ha you'd have to rewind it, go back, go back. Now it's systematic, it's there. So the problem is, uh, especially with martial arts movies, there's two things. First of all, you've been able, you've been able to see behind the curtain now. So that's my Wizard of Oz as a reference, right? So now you've seen that. Once you've seen behind the curtain, every single movie I've seen literally since I would, yeah, at least since like, to the year 2000 works off the assumption that you actually under, understand or know something about martial arts because so it's it's it, it's now it's it's pop culture now you got to remember we used to be outcasts you know what i mean that was the thing that, that's the one thing it, it you know especially with jiu-jitsu i've seen that whole culture now turn on its head whereas you did you did nerdy stuff because you wanted to get tough and now you've got tough guys doing nerdy stuff and just being nerds because jiu-jitsu is the biggest nerdy, nerdiest community in the world, right? That we don't have the mentor figure because guess what? You would just assume that the guy did it. You know what I mean? And again, it's that there's no real coming of age. Like just as you were saying it, I was thinking about this, Nathan. I was like, I was going, um, you know, so when we look at movies now, even when we look at movies from the 80s, you can there's almost like a John Hughesy type feel to them where they were they were aimed for teenagers. Like it's, you tell me, you tell me a movie where there's a protagonist now. Like you wouldn't be able to make Breakfast Club or Weird Science or anything like that anymore. Same as Cry Kid. You, like, they'd be like, why would I want to see some like wee, weird kid, 17-year-old wanting to take his girlfriend to golf and stuff? You know, I mean, why would I want to watch that? Okay, but, you, you, but, okay, but we do have Cobra Kai now. Now, that seems to have been a hit. Like, do we think that will influence people to get into martial arts, or is it too self-referential, too winking, too, like, is it too much of a, we know we're being a bit naff here for that to... Because the thing is, those 80s films and the 90s films, those action films we watched then, they were earnest. Like, well, at least they seemed to me when I was a kid. Like, they were just straight up, this guy's a badass. Like, he is going to get the woman. He is going to kill these 100 guys. He is going to beat this guy with just his right leg. Like, that was that was the thing. These, you know, the Cobra Kai seems a little bit more, uh, like, we, we know this is a joke. Um, is that going to stop kids getting it or not? So I've been asking the younger people, not the kids necessarily, but, like, 20-year-old, that kind of thing, younger people that I train exactly that question because I'm just so curious about it. And I was surprised that the answer was, you know, we don't really care about Cobra Kai. It's really just our generation that's watching it, right? Because the nostalgia, and that's why it's so good because it is self-aware and it's it's beautifully done and then in the way that it's being self-aware and self-referential and everything. Um, so I just don't think it's having much of an impact on young people regardless. I, it was sort of like, yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I, you know, I've seen some episodes, whereas I'm the guy who's like, I'm re-watching it and timing my rewatch so that it finishes right before New Year's Eve and the new one comes out. And you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm all set up and ready to go for this thing, man. I can't wait. You know, um, I've been waiting for Terry Silver for a long time. And so where, you know, these young people, they're like, it's just another show, you know? So I think even some of the cultural phenomenon that we had around, like the pop cultural phenomenon around Karate Kid and other movies like it, that just doesn't happen in general anymore because trends come and go so quickly, right? We had that era where ninja movies, karate movies, all these kinds of things, it was, it was a big boom, but the booms now last like six days and then the next viral thing hits and now we're on to that thing. 
You know, I mean, TikTok is these little, these clips that are just somebody dancing in your face, blah, 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 for a while. So big picture dancing in somebody's face, that's a trend right now. That's a pop cultural phenomenon, but the individual components to it don't really last very long. Um, I, it's been awesome to discover that uh, the UFC and BJJ have lasted so long, and it, it really proves the merit of that art and those sports because it, it wasn't a flash in the pan. It, instead, it's just expanded. Yeah, well, Kurt, you've just, you've just you've totally hit the nail on the head. Um, I have the, I have exactly the same take on, especially Cobra Kai. You, you, it, it's almost like uh, because it means something to us, you know, it, that we we have a vested interest in it. You know what I mean? And it's very, uh, like, self-reverential uh, stuff and the breaking of the fourth wall and the, you know, there's just the way that everything's been turned on its head is amazing. And it was like, just as you were saying about BJJ and you were saying about the UFC, uh, the, the, well, there's no movies about it. Uh, possibly because there is, everybody now knows somebody that's fought on at least one cage, cage fight. Uh, you can get fight pass all the time. There's big events all the time. They don't need movies about it because guess what? They're living a movie right now. Like I don't know if you guys, guys saw the Halle Berry movie. Oh, wow. I don't, don't go there. But it's like, you know, Nathan said something great when we, when we, when we did our review for Born a Champion. Uh, what I really liked about it, because Nathan said it was great because it covered every single thing and, you know, like, the great that and it's a great movie. I've watched it. I've watched it again. And I, do you know what? I've watched it again, and I'm just like dispel belief. Dispel belief. You love it. But it was like you said, Nathan. You know, the female protagonist was great because apart from the fact that she didn't urinate, cause light, she was the perfect woman because everything else was amazing. But the, I really liked it because it was a proper throwback. It had the training montage in it. The guy had the reason why he was he was his own mentor. You know, and I really like that because when he was doing that movie, you know, sure when Sean Patrick Flannelly did it, he knew what he knew what it was. It was like, what you get Henry Gracie in, but you're not going to get that guy in. He was doing his own journey of self discovery. So that's how I see a brand new movie going. But with MMA, MMA, UFC, it's its own thing. It doesn't need movies about it. You know, the only yeah, I think um, yeah, Kurt said about like. You know, the culture is so fragmented now. There's all these little pockets everywhere and trends last such a short amount of time. There's not going to be like a big global thing that much. Although, you know, Squid Games and stuff like that, there are things that, that hit. But again, it, it didn't last, you know, like a few weeks later, so no one really talks about it anymore. I don't think there is going to be those martial arts crazes. There's some that missed out. There was never really like a, like a Thai boxing movie or judo movie or anything like that. They kind of really seem to take off those arts, um, but there are other ones that did. And you get to now MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, and I think I agree with Mick, like they don't really need it because they've got shows. There are shows, there are the UFCs on every other weekend. There's enough of that out there. You don't need the film for it. But I don't even know how many people in outside of, you know, the small area of combat sports that I'm in actually watch the UFC because we had some um, British Jiu-Jitsu guys and they do a mixed style and they came and hide out my gym for their squad training recently. And they came from all around the country and they compete in a, in a gi format that's like um, karate kind of points with throws and takedowns. It's been around for decades um, that loads of people do it. And I had the UFC on and a couple of them came in and were like, oh, what's this? Because I was a UFC from the weekend. And they were just like, oh, we don't watch that. Not interested. So I don't even know, like in, in, like in, in my circles, everybody watches it. Every single time it's on, you know, they watch every single show. Most of them watch every single fight. But the wider martial arts community, I don't even know if they they watch it at all. Maybe a film would get some of them over to it. I don't know. That's actually a, a good point. You know, like I was thinking, as you guys were talking, generally speaking, BJJ is just less cinematic, right? I mean, Kung Fu, Wushu, these things are going to look interesting on film. Where a really good BJJ match, I was just talking about this in, in my gym the other day, really good BJJ match to the like lay person watching it is boring, right? I mean, it's just, it might just be two people in a position, but there's like micro sensitivity things that are happening. There's, you know what I mean? There, there's all this chess match that's happening. 
but you might be looking at it like it's just kind of two guys leaning on each other. Same thing when we watch uh, boxers in a clinch or whatever. Yeah, they're not laying on each other. There's, there's, there's a lot that's happening in there. It's just really subtle and you can't see it yet, you know. So I do think that would probably be part of it. But I'm a martial artist who I don't not watch the UFC, but I don't get excited about watching UFC necessarily. I, if it's on, I'm interested. I'm fascinated by it. But I'm not like, I never know who's fighting this weekend or whatever. Would a movie make me more inclined to engage with it? I mean, I, I do engage with MMA, but I think that's an interesting point. I think probably it could bring some people over. I don't know about you guys, but I'm curious because this is what I thought you were getting at initially. Here, at least in the States or at least where I live, I actually associate UFC more with non-martial artists as fans than I do with martial artists more like NFL or anything. I feel like the majority of people, if I go to a bar, if I go to Buffalo Wild Wings and I watch the UFC this Saturday, it's going to be a bunch of chads and bros and just a bunch of guys there drinking a bunch of beer, eating wings and watching the fight. And two of them do BJJ and they're holding court and everyone else is just swinging mugs and having a good time. I, I, I don't really have that association in the same way as I would maybe you know, even pride or other, other um, fight organizations where I feel like that's a little more martial arty. You just said something there. Sorry to jump in, Nathan, but uh, you know, when it goes to the ground, even now, now that they've got uh, myself and Nathan talked about this during COVID when it first kicked off and there was no crowd there. And Nathan, me, we had the, we had the conversation. Nathan was like, what do you think? And I went, I love it because you can hear, you can hear the coaching, you can hear the shots. And you felt like you were in it. And I said, and like again, it's one of my things that I hate. I hate I hate about football, soccer, for you guys over in the States. So uh, soccer and MMA is I hate the fans. I love the sport, but I hate the fans. And, of course, it, it, was, it was bizarre because, you know, as soon as they go to the deck, you still get it now on live shows. Boo, boo. And you'll always hear some, get up, you whatever expletive they want to use don't hug him oh you have all of that and then this is the god's honest truth right charles Oliveira fought last week and it was a great fight against dustin poirier right and literally two minutes into the first round usa 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 and i was like Charles Oliveira is one of the greatest jiu-jitsu exponents and he's one of the greatest champions. And we're going back to that tribal shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, no wonder you're not fans. Because like, you're totally on the ball, Kurt. You know, there's you know, the worst place, the worst thing to do is to watch that with anybody who doesn't do it. It's a killer. Nathan? Yeah, I mean, Mick, you mentioned earlier, like everyone over here knows someone who's had an MA fight. I think... <sighs> England being so small and densely populated and MMA being so big here and Jiu-Jitsu being so big here, um, it maybe is a little bit different. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert anyway, so I don't really go out and see a lot of people watching the UFC who don't train. But as far as I'm aware, like everybody who was, that I know is into MMA trains and at least does something um, and watches it. And even the, the, their, their friends, they at least maybe have held pads with them or done something with them or... Uh, they at least know someone who trains. It's not just a person. I don't really know anybody who just watches MMA um, and has no link to it at all. Um, That's so cool, though, the difference between – I think you're right, like – as far as the country and the culture goes, I do think that's a, a big aspect to it. You know what I mean? Like I've, I bet at this point, most people know someone who's been in an MMA fight. I, maybe, maybe not, but definitely the baseline assumption for UFC fans here is like um, frat guys watching football. Like that's going to be the general perspective. It's not going to, no one's going to think, Oh yeah, a bunch of martial artists watching mixed martial arts. I don't think anybody would think about it that way. And I don't think our relationship with fighting is the same as yours. You know what I mean? Just in general, I think the culture around violence is different here. Most of the fights here where I live sound like bang, bang. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of fight. You know um, it's less about that sort of like fisticuffs kind of aspect of it, where it seems like even, even watching some of your more recent videos, Nathan, like, yeah, it's just, it's different. And it, it's, I, I love it. It makes me want to get in on the mat and, and get to work. But I think that culturally the dynamic is different here. 
Okay. I've got a question about the differences. So rolling back to when we were into martial arts and we were watching martial arts movies, there was a big, big link here between martial arts magazines and martial arts movies. You know, like there'd be Gary Daniels on the front cover of a martial arts magazine or any UK guy that made it into a martial arts film was on the front cover of a magazine. Um, and obviously there's notoriously some magazines down here or Bruce Lee on the cover every month, uh, every single month. Um, was that the same over there? Were martial arts magazines mostly focused around films as well as just the martial arts? Or um, like, what was the scene like over there? Yeah, I would say coming up, that's a great question. And this is the nerdiest question that we've had on the show and I'm here for it. Um, definitely the covers in the 80s and the 90s and stuff were mostly movies, I think. You know, I mean, I can picture a lot in my mind right now. That's why I'm like stammering because I'm picturing this one Jackie Chan one from when they did Legend of the Drunken Master and all that kind of stuff. So it very much was echoing pop culture because martial art was so big in the pop culture. Right around 2000, all of a sudden, it's fighters that are on the covers. It's MMA guys that are on the covers. You know, UFC people, it's up to and including Kung Lei and people like that. You know, it was that whole thing shifted. And then the whole magazine industry split where you had a lot of like nerdy martial artists, probably like me, that are going like, well, I don't want to see as much of that. You know, let's put a hop keto guy on the cover or let's, you know, seven deadly fangs of venom of kung fu cover or whatever it is you know where now there's a ufc magazine there's mma magazines and they kind of splintered off and i think for the magazines that still exist that's mostly the case right like you know black belt is still the uh standard like gold standard magazine one of the only ones that survived and they seem to mostly just do bruce lee on the cover occasionally they'll have you know, uh, one of the Machados or somebody on it like that, but they don't really, they're not following UFC or anything like that. So I think that um, it, it, it had its season, right? It started off, it was just star movie stars and then it was UFC. And then it kind of splintered off from there. Like the whole scene has done. Yeah. You just, you just said something there. Yeah. Cause I mentioned the year 2000 as well. It was, uh, you know, we, we all know 1993, that's where everything changed. Was Gracie Wayne in skinny gear, yada, yada, yada. But it still took, there was still a lot of pushback from, there still is with traditional martial arts. A lot of the guys I did karate with, when I first started ju doing jujitsu, they literally thought, and um, when I was doing MMA, they were like this going, uh, yeah, that's like WWE, isn't it? It's not real. And I went, fucking, I hope you tell the guy that I'm sparring because he, he, he hasn't got that memo yet. He's still trying to knock me out every time we spar. And they were like, really? And you're like, yeah. And it is, it, it's almost like around 2000 is where it did change. And it was almost like belief, you can't dispel belief anymore. And that's what, you know, it saddens me in a way because I don't think we're ever going to get a, well, we, we won't because, again, it's like when you find out about Santa Claus, you know what I mean? It's like you can't ever go back there now. And it's a real killer because, uh, you know, the level of disbelief that you would have to, like the, you'd have to suspend it so much. And, again, it's why would you throw it in? So I think that's one of the reasons why, especially Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is, it is almost like, um, I don't know about you guys, and this might seem a bit of an oblique reference, but, you know, when you watch The Princess Bride, and you go in, you watch it, and you go, this is so cool. And then like, anyone who doesn't get it, they come in, oh, what is that you're watching? What's Columbo doing there? You know what I mean? And you're like, no, this is just amazing. How can, how can you not see the beauty of what I'm watching that? And, and it's, it's like, that's when you speak to anyone under 30, and they see Cobra Kai, they go, oh, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, that guy's a prick and that. And you're like, no, man, he was the cool guy. The other guy, the drinker, he was the dick. How could you? How could you dislike Johnny Lawrence, man? He's had a terrible life. And you're like, uh, 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 and then you're like, it's that point where you have to explain it, you know? And uh, I don't think we're ever going to see that because Kurt, when would you? When would you be able to dis, you know, suspend belief long enough to believe in a mentor figure again? Or you know, uh, uh, better still, you said it earlier in the podcast, right? You know where he's on the like, you know, even Van Damme towards the end, right? So first of all, he's there and he's doing this mystical shit and he's got the splits going on. And then towards the end, he was doing an advert for Ikea. He jumped up. That, do you remember that movie where he jumps up onto the kitchen worktops? You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, this, how much more of a spin can we put on this? 
And like the thing is now, if you do that in the movie, you're like, dude, why are you doing a Labatt's or a Cause advert? You know, why are you doing this, mate? Yeah, I don't so, know if we could or if we would get back to that. It's interesting. Like, because I'm somebody who was a, a like a martial art nerd who now at this stage in my life, I'm getting like, I'm in a season right now in my own training where I'm obsessed with catch wrestling. And, you know, so I'm like getting into MMA from the other side where a lot of younger people are getting into MMA and then they might choose to play around later in life with some of the more, you know, ornate, ornate uh, martial arts styles or something like that. So I'm kind of coming from the other direction. So I know I'm here for any movie that wants to go back to the montage. I still love, I mean, I can't help it. There's certain training montages where I watch it. I'm like, I want to do that. Like somebody's pull me apart from the trees because my flexibility is terrible. I bet that'll work, you know, or let's balance the hot teacups on our forearms. I just, I think it's cool, but I don't think a young person is going to care as much about that because they know what actual training looks like, you know, and those things might have merit, but what they're doing in their gyms, what Nathan's young guys are doing with him, that's the real jam. That, that's what they want, you know, and that's what they should be after. And so, you know, I mean, you see Creed has Creed has training montages and Creed has a mentor in Rocky Balboa. So I suppose there is still a space for that, you know, um, but I don't know how many young people are compelled by Creed in the way that we were by Rocky or Karate Kid, uh, as it's still our generation that's making those movies as successful as they might happen to be. Um, my question for you guys since we're kind of now running a parallel between martial art movies and MMA and UFC and the relationship between those kind of stumbled across this. What's your take on the UFC existing without martial art movies? We've talked in the past about could MMA exist without Bruce Lee and JKD? Is that an actual through line or is it sort of uh, they're just related, but it's not cause and effect? Do you think the like when I watch Bloodsport and I look at the Kumite in Bloodsport, it's like, yeah, UFC was a huge deal because of that. The style versus style that happened in the beginning. I still love that part. I always joke about that. Like some part of me wishes we'd go back to that because it's cinematic that way. You know, you've got the Kung Fu style of the guy in Bloodsport versus a sumo fighter or whatever. What's going to happen? There's no uh, weight. Um, like there's a huge weight disparity between those two people. What's going to happen? You know, David and Goliath fights, that kind of stuff. Cinematically, that's fascinating to watch. The real fights, sometimes it can be really violent and really sort of sad that we decided to let this happen. But I guess I'm curious, do you think the UFC would exist or have its place in the world that it has today were it not for that pop culture craze that happened and the way it was presented to us? Yeah, the the UFC, the first UFC, you say Bloodsport, it does seem so similar to that now that you mention it. It's strange that he, obviously you've got like, there's some Asian martial arts that got massive through um, films. You know, like I said, we talked about Kung Fu styles and we talked about karate. And then there's lots of things that didn't, you know, like no matter how many samurai films that were around, that didn't take off. Like jujitsu in that way didn't take off. That stuff came earlier and then got wiped out by, you know, karate and um, and kung fu when that came. Um, and jujitsu essentially, obviously jujitsu went to Brazil, became Brazilian jujitsu, and then that came to America and that the, those guys, you know, obviously the Gracies um, started the UFC. So I think there is a portion of it that came from arts like judo and jiu-jitsu that didn't really have the filmic influence but as a piece of culture the ufc could not exist without martial arts movies like it's primed so many people for an interest in it um and so many of the people who who compete or coach or do anything will have gotten into it through the movies for sure you, you just said something there as you were saying it nathan i'm thinking to myself i'm like Right, so how would the sport exist? First of all, you need to have fighters and you need to have coaches. Why would you even get involved in martial arts if you didn't have that exposure to it? There's so many, like, I don't know about you guys, and like, it's the truth. Don Drager, absolute pioneer and visionary, but take that book out of the equation, I'd need a lot more information to want to get into martial arts than just reading his book. You know what I mean? That's not sounding out, out of order. That is exactly the truth. When you were saying about the, um, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, this is the thing that I, I always 
like to like to explain to people. Uh, I I quite like this uh, this situation where brutally famously only learned part of the system of Wing Chun. So therefore, through restriction, he was liberated. Like the Gracies only literally got up to about like a blue belt level, and then you know Maeda left, and he, and then they had to figure out the rest of it. So that was you know that limitation thing was there, and I just can't see how you would create a sport uh, because there was too many limitations involved. As you were saying, Kurt, we need that cinematic reference. You know, as good as it's great to see a good judoka go up against a boxer, you know, we still have this Norman Mailer idea of what a fight really looks like. We, you know, karate is exactly the same. And again, it's, uh, the, I've, I've often thought about this. It's one of the, uh, you know, with especially any striking art, you can be part of it, but not immersed in it because you're a voyeur in that situation, yeah? But now tell me, I'd, I'd like your thoughts on this because when you see two men wrestle, if you wrestle, uh, you do jiu-jitsu, you wrestle, or you even grapple to any level, right? You can put yourself in there, but you get people who don't get it. But they're like, ooh, because... It's too immediate to be in that, Nathan. You know what I mean? So, of course, where would the grappling arts have ever come into it? Because they still do it now. K1, you know, K1, they, they don't want you to clinch, really. They just want you to bank. And that that's the thing. And I really can't see it. It's like, as Eric Paulson once said, when, the, when he was asked uh, he was asked years ago how to make MMA big, and he went, you need to put gloves, you need to get rules, and you need to get weight classes. Because he was on the ball. He just went, no, it's a sport now. And now it's it is. It's like you, you watch UFC now. It might as well be you know you might as well be watching Monday night Monday night uh, football. Yeah, because the I, guys have got all the stats and everything. I think um, to your earlier question, I I suspect that Westerners just like hitting things. You know what I mean? Like I think that there, there's something to that. And then they see Bruce Lee come in, and he's this smaller guy, and he's hitting in a unique way, and he's beating up bigger guys. But you know. Um, I think once you get on the mat, you discover concepts like, you know, using uh, like jujitsu being an art for a smaller person to defend themselves against a larger person and using that person's mass against them, that kind of thing. You know, all these like judo principles, even Aikido will have some of these principles. So then you start to get educated. Okay, actually, that's better because I don't want to have to throw hands with this guy. He's a beast, you know, um, but I, I guess one thing I'm, I, I'm to sort of wrap it up, I'm kind of curious. So we, we stumbled across this idea that maybe the UFC wouldn't exist without martial arts. We know it was influential, even though martial art movies have created um, fallacies, have created fantasies that are never going to be true in the martial art, despite how they might try to persist and Detroit urban tactical environments, but um, and I had to get it in there. Um, but even though those fallacies exist, we know by and large as, as a culture that, that those things are not real, but they still created the UFC, which is now the proving ground for the most real stuff that you can get. So it still had benefit, even though it's not what we expected it to be, it still had a big impact. I'm curious as a final point from each of you, if you had a moment or a thing where you like, oh, I wanted that thing to be true in, in martial art and it turns out it wasn't. Like I had asked one of my students this, uh, if there was, if he was disappointed, he was really influenced by like the Shaw Brothers movies and Bruce Lee and all that kind of stuff and the Kung Fu cinema. And then he started in karate and it wasn't that. And I asked if he was disappointed. And I was dumbfounded by his answer. It was so cool. He said, no, it was true. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my karate teacher was also kind of like a street fighting guy. It was kind of like a, you know, like a neighborhood guy. And so he taught us how to choke people out. So one of the first things I learned in karate class was to grab their coat, pull it and choke them out. And he said, all of a sudden I was choking out big, huge guys. And I felt like I had a superpower. And then he said, the first time I got punched, they launched me across the room. And I didn't know getting punched like that existed that being hit with that much force existed it's like i was training with superheroes so he said to me it felt like it was real and i thought that's really beautiful man i never thought about it that way 
So I'm just curious if you guys have, if that sparks one last thing for you of like, yeah, I was disappointed or no, it actually is kind of real. Yeah. From the, from watching the film, watching Karate Kid and then going and taking up karate. I don't think there was any disappointment there. It was about training, the training montage. I was copying stuff from, from films. I was going home and training in the back garden. I was watching, you know, like any exercises that you saw in the films I was trying to do at home, even the Rocky films to a degree as well. Um, to, to me, that there wasn't any disconnect there. Um, even, you know, karate competitions were similar to the karate competitions in Karate Kid. So it was very much the same. And I looked up to my instructor as a mentor, the same, you know, the same way that Danielson did with Miyagi. It wasn't until UFC won. And at first, I didn't get it. Like, I, I remember... Like my dad and I watched it because I see my dad had been to karate tournaments with me from the age of seven. He'd seen me doing it. So, and then we just sat down and watched it. And there was like, I think like first fight thing, like Gerald Godot. And it's like a guy on the ground, I guess soccer kicked in the face. And we were just like, what is going on? Um, obviously I ended up getting into that and getting into that world. But that was, that was the one that kind of pushed all that out. And I got to admit, like, I miss it. I miss that delusion a little bit sometimes. Um, I, I do wonder if the people get the same delusion, though, and I think they possibly do because in the same way that I'd watch a martial arts film and think, oh, like I'm going to be like a world champion martial artist and doing kung fu, people do walk in my gym and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the next Conor McGregor. So people, I think, still get that sense of delusion watching a fight. Um, but it did, it did. the UFC did change that for me, and I do, I do miss it. That's great. It's funny. I miss it too. I always think of you, Mick, specifically when I think of missing some of that stuff from a conversation you and I had years ago. And it was like one of like an old uh, Tai Chi master getting beat up by an MMA fighter kind of videos, you know, that type of stuff we've seen a lot of. And I remember I was kind of giving you a hard time because I was like, he's an old guy. Like, who cares if his art is fake or lousy or not meant for that? He's old. You're beating up an old guy for like that's not that's not okay where I live. I don't know. And uh, you were like, yeah, but you know what's great is we do specific martial arts where there's like it's beautiful, it's fascinating, but it's also functional, and it's not just theoretical martial arts. And I went, oh, because my head was just let it be what it is. Who cares, you know? But I liked that you were had said it theoretical martial art. I don't know if you meant it as kind of like a knock or whatever else. I'm going to take that because that's a good way to describe that part of the martial art world. It's theoretical. You know, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but we know what's working in the UFC. We're watching it play out, you know. Um, so let's give it to you then. What Were you disappointed that you couldn't fly when you started doing martial arts? Well, uh, shall I tell you, it was exactly the same as Nathan. I believed wholeheartedly. As I said before, you know, if I go and see, a, if I ever go and see a therapist or a psychologist, and they'll ask me, you know, where my moral compass comes from. I'll be like, 80s action movies, specifically martial arts movies, and American comics. Because, you know, the minute the anti-hero shit came in in the 90s, I was raging. Because I was like, no, 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 I don't want an anti-hero. Why, why should the bad guy be able to get away with this? And I believed in it, I believed in it, I believed in it. It was like Nathan was saying, this is, I remember it. I remember watching the first UFC I saw, and I was looking at it, I was like, this gong show, you know, and like the sumo wrestlers getting there and, yeah, you're looking back on it now, again, it like revisiting it, it's really bad because you look at it, you go, what the hell were we looking at? And then I remember saying, I think it might have been the World Combat or something. It was one of the even madder ones. And I remember looking at it and I felt like I was complicit to an assault because I was watching somebody get the shit kicked out of them. And I was like, oh, man. And then obviously like, that leads me on to, I was only on about this yesterday to a really dear friend of mine. I got into jujitsu. I had three moments. You know, we have this road to Damascus moment where you're like, oh, well, I'm going to change everything. And the first time was then I saw it and I go, I'm going to do jujitsu. So I went over to the custard factory, got battered over where, where Maurizio was training. So literally, I was like an assault victim. I drove home and pretended it didn't happen and just put it out of my mind and never went. And then the next time I was training with a mate of mine, Dave Roberts, and Dave Roberts did neon belly on me. But like we were just rolling around the floor messing around. He did me on belly on me. And I, I remember walking out of the gym and going, I can't live in a world where another human being can do that to me, to make me feel like that. I can't live like that. And then this is the thing, you know, when you're talking about the wake-up call, this is, this is the one that, and it upsets traditional martial artists if they believe their own, their own hype. It's a real bad thing to say, 
but you get a young, fit guy. You get a young, fit guy, and he gets two stripes on his white belt. I'll give him the. I'll put money on him against some dude who's been doing forty years of martial arts against a, a compliant guy who's not resisting, who's not going, and like that's the one that gets me. You know, because the thing is, I'm sort of trying to redress the balance now. Because what I do is I just batter these young guys now that come in and they want to roll hard. And they go, but you don't realize I'm a prestige 12 on the UFC game on the Xbox. And I went, real life, bitch. This is what I do for a living, man. You know, yeah, but in the game, I'm really good. And I went, this ain't no game, son. We're here now. And of course, I know that makes me sound like a badass, but it's almost like, you know, where you're reclaiming what martial arts is all about, where I'm like, dude, I'm 53. Like, I'm only I'm, I'm only a black belt showing up. I'm not even technically any good. But what it is is I won't give in when other people will. And I think that's that's the that's the one. You know, when you were saying about, could you believe you can fly? You know, that's the one thing that I have learned about embracing, especially the grappling arts. Is if, 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 like, now this will make me sound like a mentor in one of these old movies, right? Remember, kid, it's sink or swim. It's sink or swim. And you go, eh, you ever thought about surfing? Because those guys look like they're having a fucking whale of a time. Because, you know, it's not sink, it's not swim. If you surf, don't try and control it and just take the ride. You're in. And that's jujitsu in 101. But isn't that life? And that's how I look at it. So, yeah, Bill, you know, boys, I don't... I, Will, yeah. my only request is that the ep- title of this episode is Real Life, Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the quote I've heard. Yeah, but- yeah. Real Life, Bitch. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, guys, guys, the thing is, you, you, you know, that's that, yeah, even now when you're rolling, you approach, you approach your training. I've caught Nathan do it, I've caught Nathan at it a few times where he's channeled his like inner John Crease, sure. yeah. you know what I mean? And, well, and yeah, at, so that's what I was just gonna say is, cool. you know, here's something for all of our egos. Uh, it's weird to think that we're all in the Mr. Miyagi phase at this point. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking about like, uh, are young people going to come to martial art influenced by um, not by the learning process, but by the result of it, will they have less respect for teachers and mentors uh, because of that? And it clicked while I was thinking about it during this conversation of like, well, that's now my responsibility. I guess I'm that guy. And I either create an environment where they're going to respect me for it and learn something and it's beneficial to them or uh, I'm a punk and they're not, you know what I mean? So it's interesting that that's where we are. And I'm glad we got on this topic. This obviously martial art has influenced martial artists um, or rather martial art film has influenced martial artists, but it has impacted martial art as a whole, which is, is really interesting. You know, you mentioned video games earlier. I'm sure that's a whole other topic. I'm not hip to that stuff at all. But I think for a lot of young people, that's another inroad. Um, also, while we were talking, I looked up. You cannot find Chuck Norris action jeans anywhere on eBay or Google Shopping, which tells us that either they're so great, no one's getting rid of them, or they didn't work and they just ripped as soon as you kicked. So in case you can't find action pants, just cut down your jeans and then you can do it this way. And I think it'll get along just fine. Otherwise, if you have a pair of Chuck Norris action jeans and you are looking for a last minute Christmas gift for me, I will happily oblige and take those off your hands. Uh, We're going to start our holiday break here for uh, World of Martial Arts. And we'll be coming back to the show after the new year. Um, Nathan, I know you're talking about maybe starting a Patreon in the new year or something like that. Any plugs, anything people can plug into? You've had a lot of really cool videos come out. Uh, recently on your um, uh, Instagram that I've been kind of getting into. Anything people should check out? Yeah, I mean, you can check out Leicester Shoot Fighters on social media. And then, yeah, in the new year, I want to start putting out some more content and uh, maybe getting something started up, which I'm going to be taking your advice on. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited for it. I'm going to subscribe immediately. What about you, Mick? I'd just like to say, folks, uh, I'll tell you right now, my dear friend Nathan Leverton, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, will not follow me on social media. So like, I'm like the anti-advert. Uh, if you want to like me, stay on this channel. If you follow me on anything else, oh dear. Y- you know me, guys, man. I'm, I'm just messing around this. The thing is, though, I will say f- uh, for both of you guys, Nathan, you know, dude, you're easily one of the best grappling coaches that I know and m- martial arts coaches. Kurt's exactly the same. So, guys, 
Yeah, instead of instead of like trying to hunt me down on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, especially not Twitter because I'm really badly behaved on that. Uh, I'll check out these two gentlemen here because trust me, it's much better. Your life will be a lot more simpler. Yeah, unless you want to see a grown man arguing with complete strangers over things he's not even interested in, then come and see me. That's, That's it. a Sorry whole new kind that. of martial art that you've created, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, digital yeah. Uh, keyboard warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like the I'm next level cyber fighting here. Yeah, it's right. like I, I'm I'm the king of gaslighting you. Yeah. Yeah, did you really mean to say that? Oh, sorry. Did you really mean to type that? Yeah, yeah. You know, mate, you, right. someone well, like I, me should be allowed. This. Shamelessly, I'm doing this so I can plug my own stuff. So I, Mick, Tolly, and I have a new podcast that we're going to be starting uh, as like a side thing for MKG if you're interested in that. And then I have a lot of, you, you can check out my YouTube channels at MKG Detroit, but then my Patreon is patreon.com slash Kurt Cornwall training, or you can just search Dow of martial arts on Patreon. And that's me. And it's a bunch of exclusive stuff. And then I'm going to start bugging you guys to do um, some uh, podcasting or some, some um, companion things together. And will, I think, for all the people that are listening or watching our show that maybe we could create something separate like that, that people would be excited to, to get some extra content and to see some, some more of our uh, smiling faces. So um, you guys holiday season is coming up. I hope that you have a great one. It's going to be um, a bummer to go a few more weeks here without seeing you guys, but hopefully we can catch up over zoom or something, um, but have a great holiday and a great new year. And um, hope you have good training along the way. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you've been naughty or nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm an equal opportunity sort of Santa here. You know what I mean? But Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Cheers. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.